Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Visit us soon at our new State College location. This is the Blue White Breakdown, the premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and Daniel Gallen. Penn State fans, Bob Flounders here with the one and only Daniel Gallen up in State College. It's signing day, Daniel. But it's not the signing day, the way that the recruiting calendar has, has changed. This is the second signing day, first Wednesday in September. Penn State fans, welcome into the Blue White Breakdown podcast. Uh, Daniel and I just heard uh, from James Franklin, who had a signing day news conference. He also talked a little bit about the current team, you know, and also we asked him a little bit about last year. He had some thoughts on that. There was a question about who the starting quarterback is. We'll get into that. But two other things, Daniel, that are interesting. Not only was it 2022 signing day, the second one, it's also uh, Groundhog Day, Punxsutawney Phil, right? And also James Franklin turned 50 today. So it was a pretty action-packed first Wednesday in February. Any way you want to slice it, where would you like to be in? Oh, I mean, we should start with uh, with that. It's signing day. And <laughs> I think that <laughs> Penn State uh, had everything pretty locked up back in December. Uh, feels like so much longer ago than yeah. that. But back in December, they signed 23 of their 24 commitments. And then we knew that the 24th was going to sign today. But then in the middle of James Franklin's press conference, yeah. they added a 25th. So obviously, this used to be the main event um, yeah. up until they they changed the calendar. Now it's December. That is kind of the when when everything tries to get done by. So kind of the the guys that are out there, I think that Penn State, James Franklin wants to get his stuff done quickly. He wants to get his class together early, doesn't want to leave too many loose ends out there. But it seems like kind of in an interesting sequence of events, they got uh, an offensive lineman today. Can you tell the fans a little bit about the new addition? He's a big boy. James Franklin said he's 330 pounds and carries it well. But what can you tell us, Daniel, about him? Where is he from? How did this come together? It sounds like one of Penn State's new staff members had something to do with this. So take it away. So it's Vega Ione or Ione. Um, we'll call him Vega. I'll, I'll have to practice it. But uh, Vega <laughs> is a, a three-star interior offensive lineman from Washington State. He's listed at 6'4". He's listed at 320 um, on the recruiting services. James Franklin said that when he visited Penn State, he was 336 pounds, but looked like he weighed 295 pounds, which if there was a way for me to look like I weighed 40 pounds lighter, I want to I know how to do that. Uh, that could make things a lot easier in life. But it's a very interesting kind of trajectory for uh, his recruitment. Um, Ione was a Washington commit. He committed last summer decommitted when Washington fired Jimmy Lake in December, uh, took a visit to Minnesota, uh, Penn State offered in mid-January, uh, not even a month ago. I think it was January 14th when I looked through the calendar and that, you know, James Franklin said kind of that at this point in the year when it comes to official visits that I think he kind of worded it as like, you know, you don't know if it's just a trip for someone like this or how kind of genuine the interest is. But it sounds like there was a connection. Um, he visited Washington, 
Then he came out to Penn State last weekend. And uh, I guess the job that Stacy Collins, the new special teams coordinator, um, who has a, an extensive background um, in the western part of the United States, um, he played a big role. Franklin also credited Taylor Stubblefield. And then obviously Phil Troutline, uh, the offensive line coach, that they, they all played big roles in kind of making this commitment happen. It's a big addition for Penn State. Obviously, we saw the the issues that they've had on offensive line in, in recent years. You don't really expect any of the the freshmen uh, that are in this class. Um, there's now four offensive linemen. Um, JB Nelson, uh, the redshirt sophomore from Lackawanna College, he's already on campus. And then you have Drew Shelton, the four star from Downingtown West, and Malik McNeil, um, the three star from New York State. And now Ione is in that group. Obviously, the, these guys all have a lot of physical development to do before they can get on the field. But I think that you that this is kind of a, a really good base for offensive line, um, especially that now that Penn State has more offensive linemen in the fold in 2023, 2024. Uh, Dustin Hawkinsmith and I will probably talk more about that uh, on Friday morning's episode nice of the Blue East. Light Breakdown. But uh, I think that it's a it's a good solid addition, and I think that it's kind of what what Penn state needs. And I think that at this point in the cycle, they weren't looking for, for just anyone. They were looking for someone who could fit and, and Vega Ioni was, was the guy. Yeah. You talked about the the news today for this guy, Stacy Collins, uh, Boise state, correct. That's, that was where Penn state uh, got him from. So obviously yeah, he does have a lot of ties to that area of the country and Taylor Stubblefield just doesn't doing it all for Penn state somehow factoring into this commitment. I love it. But what I wanted to ask you is um, in the big picture, Daniel, though, um, when you, when you, when you go back to the weekend, Penn state's last three commitments, even though they're all in different classes have all been offensive linemen, right? We're talking about one for this class, 2022, one for 2023 and one for 2024. Is there anything you can tell the fan base about just generally about the guys they added over the weekend? One of them was a Pennsylvania kid. It's very interesting to look at how they're trying to to build these classes now. Um, when you look at 2022, the skill guys were the ones who were who were in the fold early. Drew Shelton was was committed pretty early, but but he had a little bit of a of a waiver between uh, going down to IMG, coming back. There's some interest from Florida, but when you look at how they're building, especially the class of 2023, I mean. They've got three offensive linemen just from Virginia. And then there's a fourth in Mega Barnwell who's plays tight end, but is a very, like he is mega sized. So there's the chance that he could become uh, a tackle at the next level. So the most recent addition uh, in uh, the class of 2023 is Anthony Donko uh, from Light Ridge, Virginia, um, which is a, a Northern Virginia school kind of near Dulles um, is brand new. I, when I saw the the name and the school flash up, I was I was like, where is that? I've, I've never heard of it. And then when I Googled it, it, it said it opened in 2020. So yeah. that, that explained that. That was Friday. And then Saturday, um, they added Cooper Cousins uh, from McDowell out in Erie. Um, and I think that's a really interesting one to watch. This means that it's the second cycle in a row that the first commit in the class could be an offensive lineman um, yeah. in 2023. Um, Mega Barnwell was first, then he decommitted. And then before he recommitted, uh, Alex Birchmeyer, the five-star uh, in the composite from Northern Virginia, um, he committed over the summer. And so that was kind of the, I guess that he kind of has that, that first commit. You're building the, building the classes from the inside out. Um, obviously, 
when, even if you have all these skill guys, it, it doesn't really mean anything, um, depending on what you have uh, in front of them. You know, if like, yeah, you might have Drew Aller, Nick Singleton, uh, Caden Saunders, yeah. the, the, the whole group, but if they can't do what they're good at doing, uh, if they don't have time to do it, then it, it makes things hard. So it's interesting. I still need to look into, uh, the two new guys, Donko and cousins and sure. even Ione uh, a little bit more, but I think that it's, it's an interesting kind of way to, to go about this, you know, given, given kind of the dedicating these types of numbers, um, to, to the spot on the roster. So Daniel, I just, I just came up with this thought. Um, when you mentioned the geography of the recruiting and where they're getting these kids to verbally commit from true or false is James Franklin trying to intimidate the heck out of Brent Pry. <laughs> well, I think that they were, um, they were already on this. I know. I know. <laughs> they're I already going on for, this. I was, uh, but... some, I was just looking for some angle to try and get you to throw you <laughs> off a little bit. Don't mess with Virginia. That's what James is trying to say. James is letting them know that, that he's watching them. He, know, he knows where he is. Send in a message early. That's what they do. Shot <laughs> across the bow. So, Daniel, with the offensive line and, it's not a. It's never been a sexy position, but it always, it always has drawn the ire of the Penn State fans, and rightly so, because they just haven't had consistency or quality on the offensive line. They they just haven't been able to, you know, they've had a couple of good offensive lines recently, but you know, he's now in his ninth year, and more often than not, they've been a little bit underwhelming. Looking at this offensive line, you know, just on paper with uh, Olu Fashano, uh, Caden Wallace. A healthy Salim Wormley, uh, Juice Scruggs, maybe Landon Tengwall. Uh, I'm not. I'm not ruling anyone else out. But you know, that's like looks like maybe those are going to be the key guys if they stay healthy. There's going to be other guys that contend, and they might not all start. But all those guys are going to play a lot. I think in 2022. Is there any? There's still no. But there's still no definitive news. Excuse me about the Ivy League transfer portal guy or is there well, i know we talked about it last week but is there still any movement there james was asked if i think there was any more room at the end and he said they were pretty much set but i have a funny feeling they would make room for somebody like that or not yeah i mean i think the james james framed it as wiggle room um yeah. so I, I think that and given kind of how they it seems like that they've sort of picked their spots um in the transfer portal that Hunter Norzad, the Cornell transfer, um, I think that he he's still still an option. Um, and you know, I think that given that all these schools have have started up, I don't think that he's has necessarily that much of a rush uh, to make that decision because he won't be able to arrive till May, according to a couple of the recruiting services. Uh, Tyler Steen, um, who's at Vanderbilt, he's an offensive tackle. Uh, he's in the transfer portal, and he could also potentially be an option for Penn state or another team that's looking. So I think that the, the movement, uh, it's not done. I mean, even from the Penn state perspective, there's a chance that people can leave. It is kind of a very interesting uh, group when you look forward. I mean, the thing that stands out to me is that is the tackle position that a lot of these guys that are coming in um, that are the high, more higher ranked guys are kind of interior guys. Yeah. Um, you know, Drew Shelton, I think is, is a tackle. Uh, Malik McNeil is a tackle, but they're, you know, they're going to have some development to do. Obviously I think Shelton is further ahead than McNeil, who is, you know, six, seven, three thirty-five. I think that he's going to come in as a, as kind of a raw, uh, raw piece of clay for Phil Troutline. Um, where Shelton will be a little bit more refined, but you look at, you know, JB Nelson can be an interior guy. Uh, Ione today is an interior guy. 
And then you look at that 2023 class, Alex Birchmeyer is interior. Um, Joshua Miller is interior, um, which leaves, you know, whether make mega Barnwell could play tackle or how kind of Anthony Donko develops. So it's one of those things that you kind of don't notice it <laughs> unless it's, unless there are some issues and uh, it's been pretty noticeable for uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of James Franklin's tenure. Let's move to the other side of the ball with, with regard to recruiting. And when you're a JUCO from Lackawanna County Community College and you're a safety and you're following in the footsteps of Jaquan Brisker and Jair Brown to Penn State, on, on the one hand, it's good because obviously Penn State wouldn't take a safety from Lackawanna if they didn't think they could be really good. On the other hand, Daniel, though, that's a pretty high bar. It's not like the fans know anything about, you know, what they did at Lackawanna. They just see kids, kids that are similar in size to the, to Brisker and Brown. And it's just, you know, they can't all be grand slam home runs, but maybe though this guy is in that category. Maybe he's a, he's an athlete that Penn state wisely uh, saw, you know, a, a year or two ago that really liked, but what can you talk to? What can you tell us about the latest Juco defensive back from, uh, from Lackawanna? Yeah, so Tyrese Mills has been committed since last May. Um, he was supposed to sign in uh, December, but I think there are some some red tape, some paperwork that that needed to get finished up. Um, so he signed today, and he'll arrive uh, later this year on campus. James Franklin kind of mentioned that he wished that Mills could be on on campus now to kind of get yeah. get that extra time. Which, given the fact that they have to replace a starter at safety, um, that could have given him a leg up, but. Um, I think Mills is an, is an interesting prospect, uh, 6'1", 205, I believe. Yeah. So you have, you have some size to work with. And I, I think that that kind of fits the template of the defensive backs that Penn State recruits. Um, obviously, given that Mills has been in Lackawanna for a while, I think that he's he's bulked up a little bit more. I mean, usually these guys come in and it's like 6'1", 180. So to have him a little bit more physically developed, um, I think is good. Um, I actually remember watching him play at, at Northeast High School um, in Philadelphia when I, when I was covering high schools down there in uh, 2016 and 2017. And he was kind of a he was a rangy center fielder who could make some things happen. Uh, he was kind of around the ball um, a lot. And he was coached by Dion Barnes at Northeast. I think Barnes one year was a defensive assistant and then, another, then became the defensive coordinator. Um, and that's a high school program that, that has a lot of talent. Ken Talley, the four-star edge rusher, um, is also coming up from from Philly. So I think that Mills will have the chance to come in and, and do something. Um, I think that defensive back is a it's yeah. one of those it's one of the few positions where you can really rotate guys in. You know that you run some risk with that, like we saw with some of the rotations, uh, especially late in that Michigan game last year. Um, but he's someone where he can get that playing time. Um, he'll be able to compete with Keaton Ellis, Jalen uh, Jalen Reed all those other freshman safeties who are coming in. Um, and given that that's a position where Penn State was hit hard in the portal with Enzo Jennings and Tyler Rudolph, I mean, I think Mills will come in and he definitely can be a uh, you know special teams contributor. They can kind of go from there with kind of his on-field uh, ability. This is the Blue White Breakdown. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a long-time patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? 
Visit us at cureleaf.com or stop in to see us at any of our locations, including our new state college dispensary located at 1248 South Atherton Street. Let's talk medical marijuana and let our confidence become yours. It's the Blue White Breakdown podcast. Daniel Gallen and Bob Flounders talking midweek. The second signing day is kind of in the books. We just heard from James Franklin, talked with us for a little bit more than a half an hour. He was asked about a lot of things. I guess at some point he was going to be asked this question. I think he answered it it, pretty much the way you and I thought he would answer it, but he was asked uh, about Sean Clifford and his status as Penn State's starting quarterback going into 2022. I'm just paraphrasing, but I think that James answered it exactly the way that he always answers these kinds of questions. Uh, What was your takeaway? I know you, you wrote something on Penn live for it, but um, he doesn't, you know, he's got the room is a sixth year quarterback is going to be 24 in July, a second year quarterback who, you know, really didn't play football in 2020 and only had got a little bit of run in the Rutgers game last year. And two really talented January enrollees that, you know, a lot of people are excited about. Obviously, Drew Alar uh, is is the guy, but, I'll, you know, James has made it pretty clear that the athleticism that Bo Prabula Central York brings to the table, Daniel, you know, he's definitely not going in as, as a long shot in the minds of the Penn state coaching staff. I think Mike Gerson said something similar down in Tampa uh, at his press conference, but James was asked about Sean Clifford and his status. I know a lot of Penn state fans are hoping they're going to do something different, but it sure sounds like it's really Sean Clifford's job. And it always has been Sean Clifford's job. And unless something happens dramatically, you know, to start the season, it will remain Sean Clifford's job at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I think that James Franklin really answered it down the middle. Um, he yeah. said that Sean is our returning starter, yep. um, and True. that but there is going to be competition. Mm-hmm. But even though there is competition, it is really hard to beat someone out <laughs> who's who's been a starter for a couple of years. So um, I think that that's kind of the the thing that all coaches like to say. They like to say that, uh, oh, yeah, like there's there's competition at all positions. Everyone's going to compete. But I think that the reality from our experience covering covering teams at all levels is that if there's an incumbent, they're likely going to be the guy unless there's something you know dramatic happens. And I think, too, we we talked about this, I think, earlier after with the Big Ten kind of moving the schedule around where you've got week one at Purdue and Mm -hmm. you've got week three at Auburn. You know, do you trust Christian value? Do you trust Drew Aller? Do you trust Bo Prabula to to go into those places and start uh, from the jump? Um, I think that's a pretty, pretty heavy lift. And it's just going to be hard to get these guys uh, playing time. Um, You're really looking at those Ohio and Central Michigan games as kind of the the place to cut them loose and get them their time. So, um, yeah, I mean, the question was going to come, um, and I'm sure we'll hear more about how Aller and Pavula are, are progressing uh, as we get closer to March um, yeah. and, and real, real practice starting. James played it pretty down the middle, I thought, with uh, you can read between the lines and, and get to the conclusion that right now, I mean, Sean Clifford's number one on the depth chart. And I think if you're a Penn State fan, that that answer should have been what you expected to hear from from James, and that's what he needs to say. But once we get him for spring practice, the more telling question and answer would be, James, given that you really struggled when Sean Clifford was hurt last year, your, your presumed number two really wasn't the guy at Iowa. 
you have these young quarterbacks. How are you going to get them more reps, whether it's in spring or in August, especially because you have a quarterback with all this experience that maybe, yeah, he needs some work, but he doesn't need, I don't know how much work he needs in April. I really just don't know if it's more, maybe more valuable to, to, to back off with him and then see what you have a little bit, at least for a pecking order, Daniel, in, in April. And then if you, if there's no way you think that the young guys are ready, then you, you gotta go back to what you, what you did. You, you give Sean, you know, 85% of the, the reps with the first team, but you still have to have the second guy. You still have to know who your second guy is going to be, you know, for 2022. And I just think they have to figure out a better way to go about identifying that. Cause I just think that last year had to have been a learning experience for James and Mike Yersich because they just kind of assumed that Roberson was going to be the guy. And then when he was in there, he clearly wasn't the guy and Bayou could do some more things even though he was a much younger player. So that's my hope. My hope is if you want Sean to be the start at the beginning of the year, that's fine. But you better know who your number two guy is, and he better be ready to play and be able to kind of compete and keep Penn State in games. Yeah, I think when it comes to the quarterback position, that the the quote-unquote position battle to watch isn't for the number one job. I mean, yeah. I I think that you can pretty, you know, write it down in a raceable pen um, at this point. Yeah. Um, that we'll see Clifford in, in week one. I think that you have to look at the number two quarterback job um, with Veyu, Aller, and Pervula. That's kind of the the battle to be the number one in 2023. That's kind of what, what I feel like that the quarterback situation is uh, this year. Obviously, Penn State has guys that want to win now, and they have talent that can win now. And I think someone like Mike Yersich probably needs to win now. Um, yeah. But you look at kind of the the trajectory of the program is that um, you know, you kind of know what you're going to get out of Sean Clifford. Um, so you need to figure out what you're going to have in 2023 and kind of what changes you're going to need to make there. So I think that that'll be interesting. Um, and I do think that Drew Aller's status is going to be, I mean, James Franklin hasn't had a five-star in a quarterback in a long time. Um, so I think that that dynamic is going to be interesting to watch and kind of how, how you manage that, because that's the other thing is that you want to get all of these guys to 2023 as well. So I think the number two quarterback job, I mean, that's kind of the, that's the real battle. And then you can kind of go from there. So if you go into to week one and drew Aller is the backup, um, then you're like, okay, that means that he has gotten ahead of AU and you would assume that, you know, the gap is smaller between Aller and Clifford than is between Bayou and Clifford. Mm-hmm. You just kind of go from there and you can kind of, you know, put together some data points to kind of, figure out where exactly everyone stands. And then once you get to the second half of the season, when things are really starting to shake out, then maybe that's where, where something can happen. So I don't think we're ever going to know. I think Penn state might know. I don't think we're ever going to know the true identity of the backup quarterback, because remember there's no depth charts anymore. And he is just yep. going to, he will continue to tap dance around this, you know, unless it's a performance issue or unless Sean gets hurt, I think he's going to try and keep a lid on this. It's it's unfortunate, but I also think that big picture, Daniel, you know, potential Penn State quarterback prospects are going to watch this play out. And they're not going to come to Penn State if he's if they think there's no chance a young quarterback could ever get a fair shake. So I, I just hope that I hope that James realizes that there there is the 2022 season start. There is the 2022 season finish, and there's also the future 
uh, to think about when you're th- trying to evaluate Clifford, Christian Veyu, who's a talented kid, and these two young quarterbacks, because he has never really in his history at Penn State pulled like the incumbent. Like he briefly pulled Sean Clifford for like a half of the Nebraska game and half of the Iowa game, put Will Levison, but then he yanked Will and gave the, the, the job back to Sean. Tommy Stevens got hurt. And that's the only reason I think Sean probably got the job in 2019, but McSorley was the guy. Uh, Hackenberg was the guy. It would be nice to see if you're a future Penn state, potential Penn state quarterback, James be able to kind of pull the trigger. If he thought maybe the, the starter wasn't really getting the job done or the way that they wanted it to be done. So this is nine years of this. I think it's, there's a lot to, there's a lot that goes into this quarterback picture. And I think you make, you make a great point about Mike Yersich because if they go another season without scoring 30 points in a big 10 game, it really doesn't, if you're Mike Yersich, you're, you're going to probably be out because there's no way that's going to be the standard at Penn state to go nine big 10 games and not score 30 points on offense. So he's got his interest to look forward, look at James has got to look at, you know, the big picture the current season coming off a seven and six season. And these, these young quarterbacks have to look at their, their, their best interests too. So I think it's a fascinating year. And I, I would really be surprised if he handled it exactly like he's handled it in the past. I think there's going to be some changes in how they get their quarterbacks evaluated and how they get them ready to play. So at least I hope so, but he doesn't have to release a depth chart anymore. So we're not going to know until it's, you know, the, the, the next guy's coming into the game. So that's really the interesting thing. And the fan base is really, I think, in their minds, I, I just think that Sean Clifford's on a short leash in their minds. So we'll see how that plays out. And maybe Sean will have a great year. Maybe you'll be like Kenny Pickett and go from just, just you know, okay numbers, and then he's going to have a breakout. But that would surprise me. I don't know if it would surprise you. I think the bowl game, it's kind of your your last impression. Yes. Uh yeah. I think that, that Clifford didn't leave a good last impression. Um, when he announced in mid-December that he was coming back, obviously there is some sentiment that was kind of like, uh, like, can, can he move on? Can we get on to the next thing? But I think that it was pretty, pretty tempered in terms of the, okay, um, we don't have to get someone out of the transfer portal. We can, you know, we'll have this bridge to 2023 yeah. and the young guys. But then after the Outback Bowl, I think that performance kind of, uh, I think it alarmed. I mean, I think it was, it kind of alarmed people. I mean, I didn't think I expected him to look, to look better than that. But, um, I will say, uh, when it comes to switching starting quarterbacks, sometimes you have to be careful what you wish for. Um, when I was a a student reporter, uh, at Maryland, one of our favorite stats was that, that I think they went maybe it was either when I started there, it was like four years. So I think by the time I left, it was like six or seven years. The, number of years they went without having the same starting quarterback for every game in a season that they just had, I think six or seven years where whether it was injury, whether it was guys not being good, that they just never had, they just couldn't find the guy that they could get in and stick with. And so obviously if you have someone who's better than Sean Clifford, you have to do that for what's good for the team, but there is something good that comes from having stability um, and kind of having and knowing that, okay, we can game plan going in with the same guy every week. It's tough. I think that Penn State is kind of in a, in a tough position right now, but I do think that going in, I mean, you know what the baseline is with Sean Clifford and, and that gives you somewhere to go from. 
You know, Daniel, for a, a brief instant there, when you were talking about your college experience, I thought you said you spent seven years at Maryland. I was like, <laughs> this guy John Belushi, like, I didn't, I, I didn't know that he was this crazy of a person. I'm like, you seven years in college? You must have been a party animal. But uh, I got it now. Uh, I, I, I just understood you at the start. So I just wanted to clear that up. No, it was only four, but my one of the I always thought it was funny that uh, CJ Brown, who was the starting quarterback I covered my senior year, he was a he was a six year guy uh, in college because of uh, injuries. He's a Western PA kid, uh, but it was it was just kind of funny to me that oh he was here for a year before I got to college, yeah. and he is there for a year after I leave. And I think about everything like college felt really long to me, so uh, it's. I don't know. It, it's pretty funny. And I, I'm sure there's some other uh, Penn State grads that have a, a similar experience yeah. with Sean Clifford now yeah. coming back for six years. Absolutely. Year. All right. One quick personnel note. We'll get to this just, just to clear it up. Bryce Mostella, James Franklin was asked about uh, reserve defensive lineman on Penn State's roster. He's no longer, he's currently not on the roster now. I think he wrote a little bit of something about this. I guess there was something that happened over the weekend. James couldn't really talk about a lot, but uh, is there anything you can, you can, you can uh, say to maybe to the fans about his status? Yeah. Uh, Franklin said that uh, he's not currently uh, enrolled uh, at Penn state because I think he, he medically withdrew um, in the, before the end of the last semester, because he was having mental health issues um, that led to him being hospitalized in November. It, it stems from trying to gain weight to play the defensive end position uh, and being unable to do so and not feeling supported, not really having the support of the coaching staff um, as he was going through that and, and having mental issues. Um, so he, he wrote over the weekend that, that he medically withdrew um, and then couldn't re-enroll. And uh, so James Franklin confirmed that uh, Bryce Mastella is not enrolled um, at Penn State, even though he is still listed on the roster redshirt sophomore defensive end from Michigan. Um, and he's still listed uh, in the student directory. So we've, we have some stories about that uh, on Penn live. Uh, it's a little bit, a little bit easier to read about um, than to, than to talk about. Hopefully things work out for him. Uh, like, as you said, res- reserve defensive lineman from Michigan uh, and hopefully uh, things work out for him. Wish him all the best. I don't know if his career is done at Penn state, but uh, certainly wish him well. Uh, all right. You and Dustin are going to be back later in the week. I know you're working on your outline now, but I have a funny feeling a lot of it's going to be recruiting, but I never know I'm with you. To, I'm going to have to brush up on my offensive line film. You spent seven years at Maryland. I don't know what's going on in that big head of yours. Who knows? Have you spent seven years? I can't believe it. But uh, no, that's not true. You didn't. But uh, it was great talking to you. I know you've been busy the last couple of days. We will be back to chat next Wednesday, post signing day, post James Franklin birthday post groundhog day hopefully the weather will be as nice next week at this time as it is right now because it's in the mid mid to high 30s right now and it feels it feels pretty great so you hang in there with penn state basketball we'll talk to these guys next week this has been the blue white breakdown brought to you by penn live 